And it really extends out as they get up there to any stakeholders, who they buy from, who they sell to. And they bring that attitude of compassion and empathy, that sense of wanting to really bring out the best in everybody, knowing that that will be the best for everybody. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name is Rick Nusky. I am your host and it's wonderful to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us. This, uh, if this is your first time on the show, I hope you take away a lot of value. There certainly is a lot to take in uh, during one of these wonderful calls. Now on today's call, I'm with the uh, Dr. Ron Stotts. Welcome to the show, Ron. Hi, well, thanks for having me, Rick. I appreciate it. Absolutely, my pleasure. Now, just for context, uh, Ron, um, we're going to share that you're an author, a transformational guide and life coach, and we're going to be talking about your higher level leadership training and the work that you do guiding individuals through their personal and professional transformations into conscious living leadership. Now, that is one heck of a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> now, what I like to do before we jump into the core of the core, uh, Ron, is to learn a little bit about you. So I think a good place to start is to ask you where home is for you. Say that again? Where home is for you? Where are you located? Ah, I'm in on Bainbridge Island uh, across from Seattle in Washington, in the northwest of the United States. Fantastic. I was from Santa Barbara about a couple of years ago, my wife and I, and just loving just being in all the green and the lushness and the lovely area. I was going to ask you about that. What was what was it that attracted you to that place? Well, my kids are up here and family. I was actually born and raised up here, but that was a long time ago. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, also, just I wanted to be near more of a hub like uh, Seattle or San Francisco. Uh, so I'm working more directly with the local environment. Uh, most of my clients come from all over and they fly in and uh, stay and work with me. So yeah. I'm just you know, explore. This was pre-COVID, yep. but I explore more of the local. <laughs> I tell you what, having been to San Francisco Bay, I would live there myself. What a beautiful place that is. Uh, do you yeah. often make your way down that sort of way? Well, my wife's from there. We lived there for oh, about 15 years or about 12 years, I guess. Excellent. And, uh, so we go regularly probably once a year and I have <laughs> a lot of clients down there. So uh, some I go down and do special work with and uh, yep. others come up here. So, yeah. so uh, is walking a big thing for you? What do you do with yourself? Do you like uh, you know hobbies like that or sports? What do you do? Well, I you nailed it pretty much. Uh, we're, we are walkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get uh, at least two and a half, three miles in a day and then I'm uh, trying to recover my golf game right now. Oh. So <laughs> are, you, are you any good at it or are you like me? You're a bit of a hacker. I would say I'm a bit of that. Uh, yeah. If you want your grass cord, come and see us. We'll, we'll take we'll take around and we'll do your lawns for you. <laughs> now, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say boating is probably the other big big thing that we're always doing. So. Yeah, there's certainly a lot to uh, to see in the uh, in the waters around there. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you have Mavericks just around the way from there? Mavericks Beach is that a place that you have? Uh, that's down south. That's not in this area. No. Right. Yeah, because I've seen some, uh, heard some stories, seen some things. It's pretty, uh, pretty amazing uh, coastline that you have there. 
Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, now on to movies. Now, are you a movie buff? Do you like movies? <laughs> well, I used to go to a lot of them. Oh, of course. <laughs> we all did, I think. <laughs> do you, what about at home? Do you, do you stream anything? Yes, we've got uh, one room that we use for that sort of thing that allows me to watch my sci-fi and science movies without uh, disturbing my wife. <laughs> <laughs> See, the unique thing about this show, Ron, is that I like to take a bit of a deep dive into um, the people's lives that I'm speaking with, rather than going just into the nuts and bolts of business, because I think fundamentally much of that stays the same. So if we could roll back um, the window of time or the door of time, whatever you want to call it, and go back to um, your early days where you grew up, can you remember where it was um, that you grew up, obviously, but a fond memory that you might recall that you'd be willing to share with us. Well, I grew up in the Seattle area and uh, we used to, my grandparents had a summer cabin on an island up here. So I spent almost all my time outdoors. Uh, and even when I was in school, I spent most of my time looking outdoors. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> just hiking and boating and you know, I, I love animals. I don't love to hunt them. I, I do, do love to connect with them and follow them around. And I've yes, of course. That. And uh, just, um, just being in nature is really... Yeah, yeah that, that's wonderful feedback. Do you have any, pet, do you have any pets in, at the moment, Ron? In your family? Not at the moment. We're, we're borrowing the neighbor's dog for that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, so I, know, the, I, I know you have a very uh, rich story, let's call it that, to share with the, with the audience. But um, mm -hmm. others around you as you were growing up would have had, um, you know, some, some level of influence on uh, the man that you've become today. Do you have anybody that you can recall that helped um, form you into the person that you've become? Well, that's a big question. Certainly my dad in terms of integrity and uh, work ethic and that type of thing. But uh, really it was when I got older in my 20s, I was just absolutely blessed to have Buckminster Fuller as a, as a mentor and Joseph Campbell as a mentor. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I really got to hang out with some of the old guard. Uh, and I mean, when I say hang out, I'm talking about walking in the woods and talk, talk, talking yeah, yeah. But I also... I was head of a brain integration center, a co-director, and we happened to be on the leading edge of neurological studies in the brain and that type of thing. And I was applying it to really how do you use that in terms of personal development and growth. And so we really had the best of the best coming to us. And I got to co-create, you know, I would share all of our information. They'd share all of their information with me. I'd go through all their teacher training and uh, then we'd co-create seminars. So we were just, it was just the heyday of working with the best and yeah, creating with the best. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, you look back on these times, you don't realise how golden they are until they've passed, oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> now, um, now, can you tell us, I, I read somewhere in your information that you served um, in Vietnam, is that correct? I served in the Marine Corps and I got out on med medical discharge. I um, hurt my knee uh, right. towards advanced training, and uh, so I did not go over. Um, right. That's a difficult topic for me because I lost a lot of friends over there. Yeah, well, that, this is the thing that I read 
and you talked about, and if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine, but that's you fine. talked about leadership, um, how terrible leadership resulted in the death of uh, those 60 wonderful men in your platoon. Now, mm -hmm. is this part of maybe where your um, interest in um, life coaching and leadership and that maybe stemmed from, the genesis of it? <laughs> just perhaps. Yeah, just perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I got out of the Marine Corps and, you know, they didn't have things called PTSD and yep. chemical imbalance back then, but it turned out uh, I was in the midst of that. And so uh, it was a difficult time. And then I found out that uh, 62 of the 64 of us had been killed over there, and that really rocked my boat. I and, bet it did. Uh, yeah, I actually turned out I had a chemical imbalance that was mm -hmm. due to the PTSD, and that uh, kind of took me into a, not kind of, but into a very suicidal period, and it was really the recovery of that. I did try and commit suicide, but uh, in, in the very moment that I would have died, I literally just got lost in a white ball of light. And yep, yep saw everything, you know, saw the perfection and everything. I saw mm -hmm. what the meaning of life was and that I could trust it. And, and God knows how long that, uh, that <laughs> took. But uh, when I came out of it, I really felt a drive and a clarity in life to discover what we were really capable of. And you know, an inward journey, not an outward one. You know yeah. what? Um, when you smile, you radiate. You know, you really mean your <laughs> smile. I can tell it. You know, and life is worth living, isn't it? It is. It is such a precious gift. And mm. I mean, I've really come to the place where everything I see, everything that comes into my life, no matter how challenging or troubling it might be, it is all a perfect gift. It, uh, if I just am willing to breathe into it, look deeper, and uh, heal whatever is ready to be healed, that really is a gift that comes with that that makes me more whole and, and allows me to even more uh, more fully unconditionally yeah. love and accept myself. It's, it's, yeah, life is just amazing. <laughs> that was a, a very difficult segue, I'm sure, for you, and I really do appreciate it, Ron. Thank you so very much. Um, now, I'm wondering um, if we could, um, I know that obviously you're a doctor, if we could maybe talk a little bit about your edu educational background, just to give some context to the listeners. Well, I, I was a terrible student. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but when I got out of the Marine Corps, I had some, a lot of obligations, I had kids, and so I really had to learn to learn. And in that process, uh, it turned out that I was doing things differently than the status quo. And so even while I was getting my master's degree, I started in English, I started teaching at uh, Compton Community College and uh, where they were really having trouble with the kids. And, and I created learning programs and had a great deal of success. So I went on to, for a few years, to create those learning programs in other colleges and universities. And But I came to a place where they started asking me, well, how do I do what I'm doing? How do I teach my creative writing classes and have everybody in publishing? And, uh, and how do I create these learning centers that are, you know, people are coming through them and really finding themselves as well as learning, learning how to learn. And yeah. I didn't have an answer. And so that's when I back, went back for my PhD and I got a PhD in psychology, which was started off about learning, but it really became about what are we capable of? So much more. Yeah. And then 
I wasn't really until my 40s. I used the breathing a great deal in my work, and I use other body movements and that type of thing. So I went back and got a chiropractic degree, and that's been useful. I was only a chiropractor for a few years, but uh, having that knowledge of the physiology and the chemistry and the neurology uh, just furthered my ability to reach and support and help people. There's a bit of a triangle. There's a bit of a triangle going on, isn't there? Yeah, that's kind of the old mind-body-spirit thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also a meditation teacher, but I did meet my wife in Calcutta. Oh, yes. Probably the only reason I stayed for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you need a good enough reason, don't you? <laughs> now, in, in terms of your corporate background, maybe if we could talk a little bit about that, what have you done in your career prior to all of this? Yeah, it really started a long time, well, a long time ago, back in the 80s. Um, so relative. I, yeah, relative, <laughs> it's all relative. You know, I was uh, just moved to L.A., and uh, I was at a friend's house, and he was having a party. I didn't drink at the time, but I was going into the kitchen, you know, squeezing through a couple of people, and, <laughs> and I heard them talking about something, and, you know, it sounded like they were looking for some sort of workshop um, process to get people to see a particular thing and so I kind of went in and poured my juice and I was on my way back out and I have this tendency this ability to kind of have a big mind flow yep. thought come through me and uh, so I kind of innocently shared that with them as I was walking out and they just went wow <laughs> exactly what we wanted and one fellow happened to be a famous author and the owner of a corporation called Inner Games so so I went to work for them they hired me the next week as the executive vice president and uh, turned out what I spent the next year or so doing was helping AT&T go through what was called divestiture, going from monopoly to a for-profit organization. So I literally was, you know, traveling all over the world, working with all levels of management leadership, and uh, really gave me a great deal of insight uh, as to what they were capable of and what they were up to. I have to be honest with you, it, it kind of felt like I was dealing with the Johnson family or the Smith family <laughs> because, you know, it was like, okay, so this is dad, this is mom. Yes, <laughs> yes. And this is a big <laughs> <laughs> a man after my own heart never let that worry you <laughs> well, but uh, you know it, and I started more you know probably in the 2000s working with entrepreneurs and just having I'd worked with people who own NFL teams I'd worked with high level people but I never thought about it in terms of oh that's what I do I just mm -hmm. work with people yep. but I started finding out what really quality leadership could look like, conscious leadership, the highest levels of leadership. And uh, my publisher, really, as I was writing my first book, uh, suggested that I look into it more because he says, you're the only person that I've ever heard of who understands how to take people into those highest levels of leadership. And I, I thought that was a little odd since I'm not a corporate guy, but it turns out that all of the work that I did as a spiritual teacher, helping yes. people raise their consciousness, is really the same thing. Your highest level leaders are really just the most conscious people in the business world. And their capabilities of working in collaboration and cooperation and their agility that comes from really having a well-trained neurologically uh, developed mind um, comes into play. And 
those are all the things that I do and, and love doing. And so, um, you know, so that just graduated me into that, that area more and more fully. Thank you very much for sharing. The, the, the thing that came to, to my mind is that um, these higher level leaders and leadership um, skills come from making conscious, um, deliberate decisions, don't they? So is this a lot, of, lot to do with mindset and, and combined with feeling the body? Is that how this works? It really, it, it comes out of exactly what I spent my whole life experiencing significant personal transformational experiences. And, yep. that have, and it's filled, my life is filled with regular practices, you know, meditation, martial arts, mindfulness, just, you know, on and on and on. On and on. And that is really what takes people into those higher levels of consciousness and allows them to stay and, and lead from that place. And so... Uh, you know, with my work, it's, it allows people within a couple of months to really accelerate through healing their past, which gives them a foundation to work from, but then also in a nine-month program to, to elevate their level of consciousness is really what I'm doing. I'm, you know, there's all sorts of ways to talk about it, but what I'm really doing is helping people upgrade their brain. Yeah. So, so that, first of all, they get a whole functional integrated brain and then they access the forebrain and then they begin to understand how to access what I call big mind which is really connecting with a higher level of consciousness both it's really them but it's the best of who they are of course this is a wonderful call I'm really taking a lot out of it as I'm sure uh, the my future business audience are as well thank you again Ron now uh, I know that leadership can come in many ways shapes and forms and you can you know develop yourself your physical body as well as your mindset as we've just spoken about now I wonder if you can tell us about your experience with the coach who guided you to become a rowing champion and whether or not you learned anything about leadership at that time ah, that's a good one got me <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Dave Grant, uh, you know, is at a little, you know, little college, a uh, little, you know, community college. And uh, even though I had rowed all my life, row boats, you know, up at a yes. summer camp and that type of thing, I never realized there was rowing. <laughs> <You know, laughs> rowing to me was I'm competing against is this my a thing? Yeah, is this a thing? <laughs> I'm walking across campus and I see a little, you know, flyer, which is what they did let them, and, and said you have to be six two, and I was just six one and sure. nine eight. So I, thought, <laughs> I can get away with this. <laughs> Put some tall shoes on, Ron. <laughs> yeah. So I, I went out, and it was just. It was me. It was perfect. But Dave turned out to be probably the best coach uh, I could have, anybody could have had. I, I mean, just down the street, we have a fellow who's a two-time Olympian champion, and he trained at Orange Coast College with Dave, you know, 20 years after I was there. And so he... We, we had little Quonset huts that weren't, I was the shortest guy in the group. I mean, they were like up to six, seven and that sort of thing. And so we'd bring the boats into these Quonset huts and everybody's leaning over, including me. And, so, and it was just a sand lot on the, on the water. And, you know, the dock would be all typically and, you know, ridiculous. Nobody thought about it, but that was, you know, that's what, yeah, that's we, what had. Was. we did. And we were, turns out we became the rowing champions and, uh, we did it such a good job that they called us the giant killers. 
<laughs> because we had taken on all of the big universities, not just the freshman crews, but the varsities, and, and beat everybody's time significantly on, in the championship. And so that was really Dave. That was really oh, Dave. his leadership and the kindness and the patience. And, the, you know, I think when I, I have to be honest, I really regret it. He said, Ron, would you like to row a single in the Olympics? And, you know, I was just in the confusion of my post-military uh, time. Yes, yes. And, uh, I just, you know, of course I said yes, but then life happened. overwhelmed Didn't me. Didn't happen. So, yeah. yeah, look, that's a, that's so, a yeah. wonderful story. Um, yeah. I, I, I wonder, I, I, the thing I took from that, Ron, was that there's individual leadership, but as a team, um, you all have a part to play in the leadership experience. What right. what side of that do you help um, your clients with? Is there is there that dimension to this? Well, it's a sneaky part. <laughs> yes, yes. My goal is to, if I help them into the highest levels of leadership, in other words, they're a more conscious human being. Yes. The same things that I watch with anybody who moves into higher state of consciousness their definition of self moves from just themselves to others. And so just as a conscious person begins to care for others and wants to help others in, in, the, in the world, so a high-level leader automatically begins to care more for the people that are working with them, anybody involved in the organization. And it really extends out as they get up there to any stakeholders, who they buy from, who they sell to. And, um, and they bring that attitude of compassion and empathy, uh, that sense of wanting to really bring out the best in everybody, knowing that that will be the best for everybody. And, and what, uh, no surprise, they cross the board, all the research shows that they're making about 40% more profit and, and pro have 40% more productivity Mm -hmm. Because everybody's on board. Everybody feels like they're part of something. So they're contributing more and they're excited about it. You know, I mean, my clients, I'm blown away by, you know, I've got one who, you know, he, he, he tough bird. Just, you know, <laughs> he came in and I mean, and he more than doubled his 10-figure business oh, wow. business in, in a year. I mean, and so... You know, a lot of my clients are going, well, 40%, you know, <laughs> you know but uh, so it's really a matter of just accessing, I mean, literally the neurological upgrades that happen allow us to get out of that part of our brain that's controlled by the overreactive emotional centers and take us into the higher thinking mind and then have it controlled by the forebrain, which is really supposed to be the CEO of our life. And as we start moving into that perspective where we're not overreacting, as a matter of fact, our reaction is what's best for us and everybody involved. And that's, that's amazing and magnificent just on that stage alone. Of course, yes. Then as you start accessing big mind, which means you've really learned to quiet your mind and put out a request and for an idea, design information of some type, and trust that that will come in. That that allows you to be much more agile. You're not thrown off by anything because you're not going down all these dead ends. It's, it's like I it's transcendent. Gonna, <laughs> it's going to sound like out of left field, but I have a hobby, <laughs> and it's designing <laughs> Japanese gardens. <laughs> oh yes. 
And one of my clients uh, found out about this, and so he wanted a Japanese garden for his wife, and he's very high level. This was years ago during the dot-com period, and uh, so I created a million-dollar Japanese garden for he and his wife. Wow. And it's, I was a little overwhelmed. I'm, no, I was a lot overwhelmed <laughs> when, when I first thought about doing this, but all I did was do what I do best, and that's just sat down, quiet my mind, put out the intention of what I wanted, to, how, to, how I wanted to serve these people, yes. the space, and, and you know, what, you know, that we were going to create a garden. And I just sat there for an hour or two and watched this beautiful garden get created in my mind, literally just watching it, just like I'm watching a movie. And total trust and surrender to that, that ability and that, uh, that gift. And then, you know, three months later, I created it. Never put anything down on paper, never even thought about it. Because we have that ability, and it can be used in the boardroom, in the meetings, and when I'm working with clients, all the time. You can just learn to access the best of who you are by looking inward, by quiet in your mind, by getting centered, by living mindfully. I mean, really what kind of comes down to that. That's incredible. You know, that uh, belief in yourself and that tapping into something that a lot of us don't even recognize that we have access to. It's very, very powerful. Now, um, I'd love to ask you just briefly, um, this seems to me, Ron, that you wouldn't just have a transactional relationship with your clients. You would have more of a relationship, a real relationship. How long do you find that you're working with people? Well, you know, I have a two-month program and a nine-month program, and then I have other things that they can do. Uh, <laughs> don't tell his psychologist this, but I, no, actually, I, will not. <laughs> I actually have <laughs> remained friends with many of them for decades. Yes, yes. <laughs> Some of them are my best friends. <laughs> and, uh, and it's because we're playing on the same level. We're, yeah. we're, you know, just creating life. You know, one that fellow I was just telling you about that did so well, uh, you know, he wants to create things with me and, you know, I'll be talking with him on Friday about some challenges that he's running into because they they need somebody to get, bounce you know, off. Yeah. They, they, you know, and what happens is the only, my only skill is I quiet my mind and quieting my mind allows me to really move into any level of consciousness that I want, well, even beyond awareness itself. So, when somebody calls me, especially these high-level people who have really evolved and, and are doing amazing stuff in their life, yes, all I have to do is listen to the challenge that they're in, quiet my mind, see, that takes me to a level where I can see the answer. I, of course, don't give them the answer, which they don't always <laughs> do. <laughs> but I look at, okay, how can I help them look deeper so they can see what's holding them back, because that's always something there. Yeah. Help them heal that because in healing that, they're going to reaccess a part of themselves that they didn't have available before. And in accessing that part, it's the very gift that they need to access within themselves to become whole enough to raise that level of consciousness that they can see the answer. It's there and it comes forth to them every time. Every time without fail. Uh, look, if you're listening in and you're watching this call somewhere along the line, um, get excited. This is very, very 
um, revolutionary stuff almost. Now, in fact, transformational would be the appropriate word. Now, uh, Ron, <laughs> when we go to your website, I know that you are a multiple time author. Tell us a little bit about um, the books that you've written. Well, you know, it's, it's funny being an author because you're supposed to write a book that's really for a very specific person and, you know, my work <laughs> could really be for anybody, the truth yeah, is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I, the first book was really, a lot of people were coming to me and they're going, well, I've got this big dream, but they were kind of locked in the doingness of their own success. So they were really overscheduled by their own success and weren't able to go after this gold project that they wanted to do. So mm -hmm. it, it sounded like a time management problem, but I realized they weren't really accessing the best of who and what they are. And so in working with them, they were really able to re completely restructure their lives so that they are able to not only uh, bring out the best in anybody, everybody else so that they're handling all the, the doing this in, in their particular life, but that leaves them time to really focus on, on their dream job, what they do best generally, and what will contribute to the, everybody else's growth also generally. So Great. So, and then I, in my advanced course, mindfulness, as I mentioned, is a big thing. So I have a mindfulness book. It's kind of a year-long journal that allows somebody each week to have a different mindfulness exercise and journal about it. So it's it's important, I think, to to write things down. I mean, I remember somebody had just moved into a new home, my wife and I, and it was still fairly bare, but I had some books on a shelf, and somebody grabbed a little notebook off the shelf, and they were reading it. And it was about spiritual experiences that I'd had in the desert with one of my early teachers. And it was like I'd forgotten all about it how magical it was and you know it was almost like the Don Juan Carlos Castaneda stuff and uh, and in real and seeing that little journal and hearing those snippets I realized boy we really have to write things down because sometimes we need to go back and look at them and remember yes. where we've come from and that's good and the last book is really just about how to move into these higher states uh, of leadership, how to cultivate uh, extraordinary leadership. And, uh, and I'm finding that at first I thought, oh, I'm going to look for the higher levels because my goal is to change the consciousness of the world. It's just a yes. little while. Yeah, <laughs> just a small goal. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll go with the hundredth monkey idea. If I can change, the, if I can move a thousand people into those higher levels of leadership, then we can make a significant shift and everything will shift along with that. Um, and so what I'm finding though is people are coming and doing the work and whatever their area is, they're moving that level of consciousness into that area. So, you know, educators, um, business people, house, 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 housing development people. Yes. And, so all of a sudden I realized, oh, that thousand people aren't already high-level leaders. They're just people who have evolved and taking whatever they're interested in into those higher levels. And that's how we'll transform the consciousness of the world so that we're not um, killing ourselves, destroying the planet. Uh, and, uh, along the way. Well, that's, a, that's wonderful feedback again. Thank you, Ron. Now, do you have any intention to continue writing? 
I don't think I have a choice. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a must. It's a must. Yeah, <laughs> no matter which book. <laughs> yeah, which book, which book we're going to go for. Yeah. Now, we are at the, the, the point end of the call, Ron, and um, uh, importantly, people are going to want to know how to connect with you, where huh? to find you, so they can start working with you. How would they do that? I think the best way, the easiest way, is just to go to my website at ronstotts.com, R-O-N-S-T-O-T-T-S.com. And I've actually, just the other day, we put up uh, on, the, on the homepage a, um, in a sheet here and made a note. It's, it's basically a questionnaire. It's nine insightful questions that any entrepreneur should be asking themselves. The truth is, anybody should be asking themselves. And what's yeah. going to happen is, in reading that, you're going to understand really what your best next step in life and in your profession could be. And uh, so that's where I send them. Excellent. Well, look, if uh, you're on this call today and you uh, want to learn more, certainly visit uh, ronstotts.com. That's R-O-N-S-T-O-T-T-S.com. No matter where you listen to this or see this call, uh, you'll definitely find the links back to Ron. And with all that being said, Ron, what a wonderful call. Thank you very much for spending some time with me on the My Future Business Show today. Well, thank you, Rick. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show and uh, best to everyone out there. Enjoy the journey. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.